Hello and welcome to Brain Injury Bites, where we provide help and advice for people after a brain injury. Hi, I'm Ashwani and I'm a trustee at Headway Warrington. I'm also a senior associate solicitor focusing on catastrophic injury, including brain injury. My name's Brooke and I've lived with a traumatic brain injury since 2007. So in previous episodes, we've talked about um, how having a brain injury can impact on the injured person. Um, But I think it's also important to acknowledge the wider impact of brain injury and particularly the effect on family and friends, the people around the injured person. In the most basic of terms, I guess it's coming, it's it's almost like coming to terms with loss or bereavement. Um, there is a grieving process for the person that was before their injury. Um, and coming to terms with the trauma of watching that um, person whilst they're in hospital in, in the immediate aftermath after their injury. Thinking about you, Brooke, um, from the moment of that 999 call to the emergency services, it was all about you. It was all about your recovery, making sure that you were in the right place, getting the right treatment um, and so on. But I'd like you to sort of talk to us about how your family and friends were impacted and what they've told you about their experience. From the start, everybody was like really accommodating to me. Like I always would sit in the front seat of the car and um, everybody would like make way for me, if you know what I mean. Um, the first, The first time that kind of it brought to my I had it brought to my attention I was out with my mates and we always used to do that thing you know when you go into the to the car you like you shout shotgun to get in the first um who would get in the front seat and everyone did that and I was I remember thinking but I get in the front seat and then <laughs> then I was like no you don't that's just that's just how my family have been treating me so um yeah it can be it can be another like fake environment like the, like I was talking about in the hospital mm. it's not like the real world so you know everybody's I came first for everything everybody, you know I always got the comfy seat I always got the, the best um, in a way that kind of went to my head and it made mm. me think I was like made me, it made me a little bit selfish in a way just like having to adjust to the, the fake environment of the hospital you, you do have to adjust to that being like privileged yeah. if that makes sense I suppose it's also the there's a lack of insight there in that um, you know your reality's changed you, you're in this fake environment but you don't necessarily realise that that's what's going on and the thing that would help you to realise that to process the changes around you is would be your brain but that's been compromised it's been injured so yeah you've not necessarily realized that people are making more accommodations for you and i suppose as time goes on and your recovery progresses some of those accommodations might pull away a little bit and things will start getting back to normal um and that can probably be a bit of an adjustment as well I suppose my my family i mean my accident was so bad it was you know at one point my dad had come back from work and he asked the consultant, like, you know, what sort of my chances were. And there was like, they said I had a 30% chance. So, I mean, when people say they nearly died, I very, very nearly did die. Mm. And I think they were kind of, I was thankful to still have me, but that kind of showed in how they, you know, I was treated a bit like a prince almost. Yeah. And, um, because I used to get fatigued and it was like, oh, you're getting tired, Brooke. You're doing this, Brooke. You are right, Brooke. And I kind of, you kind of get used to that. And, um, it's not um it's not something you want to do 
you don't want people fussing over you, but then again, you kind of miss it when it goes. So yeah. you have to, you do have to re, you do have to readjust that. It's like you're in a fake environment in hospital, and then when you come out, it's still a bit of a fake environment, and it's not. It takes a while before you you get back into the real world, mm. and probably in some sense, I'm still not there. Do you have you ever spoken to your family about about the how they coped whilst you were in hospital? Um, I know you've spoken a bit about the impact on your mum, for example, that she, you know, she was, um, she'd basically moved in with your sister and yeah. she, she lost a lot of weight. Lost a lot of weight, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the actual, the the grieving process and for the person that you were before, I mean, are you even yourself aware of how you might have changed? I don't think I have. Well, obviously I've changed. Everybody changes, don't they? But I don't know if I've changed that much. The, I suppose I've had some like in a, you know speaking inappropriately and things like that. I've had I've showed some symptoms of brain injury, but I speak to a lot of people that I've not you know known from a long time ago, and they say they don't really think I'm, I've changed at all. Okay. Um, but I suppose it may it takes with me. I guess it's subtle. It takes somebody to maybe stay with me for a little while to notice that I, that I have changed. Like I would be, especially with the tiredness thing. Like you know I can. Well, particularly now, I'm fine with it. I can present to somebody as if I've, you know, not had a brain injury at all. But like somebody with a, you know, with a keen eye, somebody, you know, knows what they're looking for, would spot the symptoms. Like I need to go for a rest, and if I, if you know, if I do something like mentally challenging, then I will be exhausted. And um, when you go in for your recovery, it would be much more noticeable if you'd not seen somebody for say six months because. You know, you see yourself day to day, and so do your family. So they don't really notice the little changes that you're making. But if somebody, um, you know, if you hadn't seen somebody for six months, say a year, then they would know. They would always notice a massive, a massive difference. Mm. You, you've got a sister. How I've old, got two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. Are you all quite close? I think it brought the whole family very cl- much closer, which was a good thing. Because, um, like, I suppose that's how they got through it. Because you know, everybody was together, weren't they? I mean, I was. I was. It's a bit weird, really, because I I was like the focal point of this this massive event, but mm. I don't really have that much memory of it. And um, I was, you know, when I was in having the most stressful times in hospital, I was, you know, I was on morphine and, mm. and drugs and stuff. So I can't really remember that much of it neither. I mean, you you, you just said that um, it's brought you all closer together as family, which is obviously a positive, mm. but. For example, has your relationship with your sisters changed since your injury, do you think? Or have they told you that the way that they treat you now is different to how they treated you before? I don't know. I get You get a sense sometimes that I do, like I'm nearly 40, I get checked like a child, but I suppose everybody says that when they're, when they're the parents, don't they? Or a lot of people say that. And um, it doesn't like me when I feel, I feel like I'm being treated like a child, yeah. But I suppose um, you do go back to, to being like a little kid again because, you know, you, your mum goes back for, for caring for you again mm. but, um, and you have to, like, grow up and prove yourself again almost. That's probably why a lot of the public speaking, like a lot of things I do, um, it's a lot of some, some of the incentive behind that because... Um, to prove that I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm brave and I do things... Yeah, yeah, no, well, I can see that. Um, picking up on what you said there about your mum caring for me, and of course, I know lots of mums have that, and lots of people will say that you know when they go home or whatever that um, they do kind of revert to that. But 
do you think have your parents sort of talked to you about perhaps you know being more concerned for you um since your injury even now um just more worried about you and your health um probably yeah probably a bit more protective yeah what about your friendships i mean this this injury happened to you at quite a formative point in your life you're at university when yeah. you know you're, you're making new friends all the time figuring out who you are in the world did you find that the injury and having that time out did that impact on the friendships that you'd made a lot of people lose a lot of friends through brain injury because you for whatever you had the basis of that friendship like mm -hmm. say i don't know say you used to go to the gym with them or you used to you know you used to go play football or whatever it was you know and you can't do that anymore so mm. there's no like base for the friendship i suppose i thought i had loads of friends but then i was again i was at university and it was you know i was worked in a bar and um you know a lot of your mates are like going out and getting drunk mates aren't they so and obviously when you can't do that anymore then yeah. um you just kind of you do kind of move on um all of my mates in scarborough actually um were, were like a weird bunch uh like a unique bunch rather than weird um that, that there's like there's a, there's more than 10 of us anyway that we're still we're still friends from school yeah and then uh, we've all sort of stayed together and people a lot of people think that's quite unique but uh, and they've all Everybody moved on and uh, they've got their own lives and they're all doing different things, but we all sort of, we all tend to meet up occasionally. Mm. And do you think any of your friendships there have been impacted either positively or otherwise since your injury? I've made a lot more friends. Okay. Um, you, make, you make friends because of, you know, your circumstances. I've made, um, I don't know, people through basic, the only person that i would say that's like a, a friend that made i've made in manchester is i called ben shevelin who's who's actually um he's got a brain injury as well and he had a, an accident in, he fell off a scooter in croatia i think when he was 21 mm -hmm. and um he's like similar age to me and he does he's but i like banks he's, he's like a i mean i've done i've push myself out of my comfort zone and I've done like public speaking and stuff and he does it with, with stand-up comedy as well he's like oh, a okay. comedian sort of thing and yeah. um it's all you know and his, his uh, routine's based on him having a brain injury and stuff like that yeah um some of the I think I can be, <laughs> speak about them on a podcast but um it's he's it, um but I like Ben because he's I don't know he's not one of those people that just just give his in to his injury and uh, doesn't really do anything he, he's always trying to do stuff he's always like you know, went around the world traveling. He went, um, you know, he's always up and down from going to London and stuff like that. And um, I wanted to move. Um, my, my my focus was always to move back to Manchester. Um, I've done that, and but obviously you, you come, you look, you tend to look through rose-tinted glasses. You, you tend to look back at when your life was kind of really good, um, but you're at university, and that's mm -hmm. when everybody was, everybody else was at university, and that's. The thing you had in common, obviously, the people. When I moved back, it's not it's not like it was. Everybody's like everybody's moved on, got a professional job, often got families, and I um, I'm, it's not been easy for me. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so glad I did it. I think anything, anything that makes you push yourself out of your comfort zone, um, and I've I've 
joined like running clubs I've joined fitness clubs and stuff like that and um, I've been like speed dating on my own I think I've spoken about that before just just I think I think a good way to to heal your brain if, if you if you want to put it that way is to just from my experience anyway is to make yourself that you know push yourself out of your comfort zone and make your brain work mm. I want to just bring it back to your mum and dad um, for a moment um, we talked about in I think it was in one of the early um, episodes we talked about the um, the accident and how your parents found out and your dad was working away at the time and um, about him not wanting to you know find out that you'd passed whilst he was on his way back um, from where he was and obviously we've talked about your mum and the impact on her and you know the impact on her health have your parents ever sought any counselling or support for for what they had to go through? My mum used to see uh, Russell Sheldrick, my psychologist that I go to see. Um, okay. she, she, she had a few sessions with him. Um, she, I think she had like one counselling session, but that was really traumatic for her. She just cried the whole time. <laughs> so she didn't carry that on. Yeah. Um, my dad, no. Um, I think people just deal with it in their own way, don't they? Yeah. Did, so the other sessions she had with your psychologist was that around brain injury education? Um, no, it was um, for herself, um, just how she was, and um, we used to go together because um, I would, I'd obviously have an appointment with Russell, and and we used to come from um, we used to come from Scarborough, and we did it like once a month. Yeah. So your mum had some counselling, not much, um, and your dad didn't have any. Um, did it? Did were, were your family offered any brain injury education in terms of what to expect after an, a brain injury and how things might have changed with you? Not really. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for them, but I think it was in 2007. And it's it's the education and the public knowledge of brain injury has come on so much since then. It was yes. like, I mean, I didn't have a clue what it was. I'd, I'd never heard of it. Um, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's like, commonplace now but it's 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 a lot more um especially with the hidden disabilities thing um like there's them things in um i've seen them things in in sainsbury's you can get um them lanyard yeah, things yeah. um just little things like that um there's because, more awareness now. yeah awareness i say yeah there's, there's the absolute curse of brain injuries that you just you just look like an i hate to say normal but yeah you do you don't yeah. look like there's any problem with you at all yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's very much um, once you scratch under the surface that yeah. uh, you can see where the issues lie. And you're right. I mean, your your accident was in 2007. There will have been a lot more research um, done into the impact on brain injury. And um, certainly there are lots of um, organisations that can offer support and guidance around that, like Headway um, or the Brain Injury Group. Um, you could be basic, but um, there are so many um, things out there that that can really provide that um, that education. Um, and I know certainly from work that we do um, that I'm seeing it more and more that there is a, a trend towards offering brain injury education for spouses, for example, um, where the husband or wife has suffered a brain injury because they're the people that are living with the injured person 24 yeah. seven. And 
having to help them and support them through their injury, but also coping with the the aftermath of the injury and the change to the person that you know they they live with. It must be awful because you've got obviously this horrible shock of whatever happened. This would be an accident or whatever, um, and then you've got the the absolute relief that they're okay and you know they're not going to die. But mm. then then you've got like you must have like a you've got like a like a like a like a stranger coming back coming home because yeah. it's like a different person and you just you must just think you know it's it's only going to be a temporary thing but it's not it's and then um, it's, it's permanent change and so many you hear of so many like relationships break up over it yeah yeah there's a very high incidence of um relationship breakdown post brain injury because the injured person is no longer the person that, that person they that they fell in yeah. love with, married, whatever. Yeah, and it is—it's that grieving process again, isn't it? It's about coming to terms with that loss and doing what you can. And some relationships can survive it; some can't. But I suppose the more support you can give, um, the better the chances of survival of that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's—it's it's also understanding that yes you might be supporting someone with a brain injury and they obviously are going through a really difficult time and a really challenging time but it's okay if you are supporting someone um, with a brain injury it's okay if you seek help and advice for yourself there's nothing wrong with that there's no shame in it um, the family just get like kind of ignored i mean it mm. was it's just all about that person isn't it and it's yeah. just um not a, not a jealousy thing. That's probably the wrong thing to say, but it's it's all about the person. And yeah, you're right. The 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 needs of the supporter, um, the the friend or family member, um, the spouse, um, the partner. Those needs are ignored. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, and we all have yeah. our own needs. Because they can very they can very easily get overlooked. The yeah. people with uh, yeah, people who support them. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yes, uh, you know it's important to to get support. Um, it's okay to seek counselling. Um, you know whether that's couples counselling, whether that's individual counselling. Um, brain injury education is really vital. Um, that can often be provided by a neuropsychologist. Um, just in terms of understanding about brain injury and how to support and also what um, support might be available. You're probably best off asking for a neuropsychologist actually because like your standard couples counselling, the, the same rules are going to apply because they've mm. got a brain injury, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's, they need to address the differences with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Another separate point um, that I, I wanted to touch on was just in relation to um, the importance of understanding and empathy. And I think we've probably touched on this before, actually, in, in previous episodes about, you know, when when you talk about how your brain injury impacts on you and other people might say, oh, yeah, you know, I also have memory problems or I also get tired. And it's more than that. It's it's about taking the time to to understand how an injury might present afterwards it does take it takes a lot of time time you need to invest time in trying to understand it but at the same time you can't expect everybody to put that time in to understand understand you because people have got their own lives aren't they yeah yeah um but i suppose you know those who are who have a vested interest again um brain injury education and yeah 
just a little bit more time invested can can really go a long way in terms of strengthening those relationships. Yeah, you, you find, you know, you'll find that your good friends really do shine through. The people who want to put the effort in will, 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 will put the effort in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to mention that um, with this episode, we have got some footnotes with links to various support groups and resources for some of the um, support we mentioned within the um, within the podcast. So do check those out as they can provide a wealth of information and helping listeners um, with the support that they might need. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check the footnotes for more help, advice and resources. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe and share our content. If you do have any suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover, why not drop us a line at hi at braininjurybites.co.uk.